Hi, this is Alan Clark at the Hollies, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello once again. Welcome back to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We're pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. Wow. <laughs> Just saying Spotify and iTunes. Boy, this episode is going to be pretty, pretty wild. Um, and I'm going to try not let it get away from me uh, into a whole discussion of gold and platinum albums. But essentially, here's the deal. Uh, um, this is episode 123. I'm calling this Legendary albums not certified, and that's really what the the kernel, the crux of what I wanted to talk about is. But it's kind of gotten away from me, and uh, and I want to talk a little bit about um, the the value of uh, certifying RIAA Recording Industry Association of America uh, gold and platinum in the states. Um, this is all about. Gold and platinum certifications in the states, so we're not going to talk about uh, other countries and how that all works, um, because we're going to use this as a yardstick here. Um, and we're going to talk about, I'll get to it, but we're going to be talking about five uh, legendary albums uh, in our world, uh, uh, in our in our classic rock, hard rock world that we usually talk about here, not certified. But um, we're gonna we're gonna go into a few other things as well. But I just wanted to give you to start with. A brief history of what goes on here. So in 1958, uh, there was the Gold Record Award, and it was uh, designated as $1 million in sales. We're not going to talk about singles here either, but singles has its own fascinating story through time. 1975, uh, added to the Gold Award uh, criteria, criterion, uh, was 500,000 units. And that's what we've sort of known it as for all these uh, all these years. 500,000 units, half a million units means a gold album. In 1976, they added the Platinum Award, which means sales in America of over 1 million units. So that's the only, t that's the first time that this entered the lexicon, the language, uh, Platinum Albums. Um, 1984, uh, you know, the industry was booming uh, again after sort of a little bit of a recession in around 79. MTV is out. Uh, there's there's a lot of sales. Videos is a big deal. They added multi-platinum. It's the first time they actually really had multi-platinum. Uh, so now you can go two times platinum, three times platinum, four times platinum. Way up in 1999 is the first time we got the actual official diamond designation. So records like, uh, like an ACDC Back in Black, for example, that sold 10 million copies, I believe, it was certified in 1990 at 10 million. Um, it wasn't really diamond then. It was just 10 times platinum. It was multi-platinum. Uh, so that's when we got diamond. Now, starting February 1st, 2016, each album unit may be one of the following. One digital or physical album sold or shipped. So again, we've still got physical copies. Uh, 2016 physicals, you know, more or less over or it's very small at this point. But there was a small downloading era which you know still persists but it's not a big deal um where where so a digital uh you know version of the album or um you know uh, it, it's not entirely clear on the download thing and i i didn't really look into it in a big way because it's not that important um 
but you know if you if you download uh if an album's got 13 tracks and you download that you know there are 13 uh downloads of the single this is going to become important in a second um you know that's an album a uh, 10 tracks from the album download okay there it is so so there's your there's your uh, your number of tracks 10 10 tracks download okay but forget downloads here's the big one um and well, I'll tell it to you first. So, uh, 1,500 on-demand audio or video streams of songs from the album. Uh, and I've talked to, I've, I'm part of this, um, I've told you about this before, but I'm part of this industry group uh, where we have an amazing, amazing email discussions, but they're all industry people and everything's kept confidential. And we've had a little bit of a discussion of this 1,500 rule. Um, and certifying gets really really vague in this era but there is this 1500 on demand thing and i've and i've asked there and i've gone through an example i think i used um acdc stiff upper lip and did some calculations i'm going to do the calculations for all these albums we're going to talk about here and there's some very interesting stuff that falls out of it um yeah let's not go into the math anymore at this point we'll go into the math a little little more later um but this was this was basically the idea was there is the official certification of these records. In this case, not of these records. None of these records have gone gold officially in the States. So there's the official certification, the RIAA, you know, management or label has gone and requested, um, you know, a, a gold album based on the following, uh, you know, statistics, proof, uh, sales. Um but uh, but I'm I'm looking a little forward to see to to bring things in and and say like like should it be certified at this point blah blah blah. But let's we'll talk about that a little more. Um, but you know I'll also talk about our surprise, my surprise, our collective surprise of these albums not being certified. Maybe why they're not certified. Let's take a listen to our first track here. This is Scorpions with the sales of Sharon. All right, so uh, Taken by Force, Scorpion's album, came out December 4th, 1977. I picked this. I'm doing these in reverse order of, of awesomeness and surpriseness as well. So we're starting at the week T of, uh, era, end, of, uh, end of my five hallowed picks here. And we've got some honorable mentions later as well. So, so Scorpion's, this is an interesting case. So, so uh, we all know that, uh, number one, uh, a lot of deep Scorpions fans, Scorpions purists might actually pick Taken by Force as their favorite Scorpions album. Blackout tends to win uh, a lot as well. I, I know a lot of people love Animal Magnetism. They love Love Drive. A lot of people even love Love It for Sting. You don't hear too much after that. Um, you don't really hear too much before Taken by Force either. Maybe a little Virgin Killer in there. But the interesting thing is there is the Uli John Roth era of the band. And then when he leaves, you know, he's he's kind of more psychedelic and Hendrixy and a little more proggy, a little more Krautrocky kind of guy in the band. They get Matthias Jabs in. Uh, and, uh, yabs, whatever. Um, and, um, 
essentially they become slightly more americanized starting with love drive and then more so as time time goes on they they kind of they kind of strip it down they make it a little more simple a little bit of a judas priest british steel uh kind of uh, approach uh and they and they find some success so the interesting thing here is that we have this uh this uh you know big berlin wall so to speak between the uli era which ends at the tokyo tapes live album and then moving into into love drive um but we also get a label change which is important and we also get a management change so so uh, in late 79 leber krebs david krebs takes over the management of scorpions uh, Love Drive is included in their deal. Uh, Peter Mensch uh, and Cliff Bernstein are working for Leber Krebs at this point, and Peter is sort of tasked with looking after the Scorpions out of the London office. Things go pretty well. Um, David has told me that one of the reasons uh, things went pretty well is they had a German secretary there who could interpret uh, things and whatnot. Uh, but anyway, so Peter is working out of London on the Scorpions. Um, now, this is all important when it comes to certification because... Uh, it gets into a whole thing with uh, with you know which labels. I'm not going to go into this in a big way, but which which labels want uh, want to go look for certification? Uh, wh when does management and labels want to hide uh, how many records are being sold from the band um, to avoid paying royalties? Uh, to avoid the band really knowing in a big way how many records they actually sold. So this all comes into it. Laziness comes into it. Um, like I say, the switch over from one label to the next comes into it. Um, it's it's kind of still a big mystery, and I would like to do more research and and find more research on on the motivations of why um, labels would or would not aggressively go and check on their certifications. But um, so anyways, here's here's what I did. So for Scorpions, I went and checked the Spotify uh, streams for, for this album. I, I left out the bonus tracks. It, it was kind of inconsequential. So this is actually a really low one, um, you know, a spoiler alert on what we have here. But essentially on Spotify, um, the Taken by Force album has been streamed 14 million times uh, when you add up all the songs. Uh, you know, roughly roughly speaking, it adds up to 14 million individual song downloads. You divide that by uh, 1,500 and you get uh, 9,333 albums sold based on just streaming on Spotify. So this is not, again, this is a, uh, you know, who knows how long it's been since Scorpions even checked into any of their certifications for uh, even the later albums or the earlier albums. This doesn't include downloads, so it doesn't include physical copies all the way up to 2021. And and granted, you know, physical was still a big deal until probably about 2005, right? Um, now, the other thing I checked is Spotify's share of the streaming marketplace. So we've also got Apple Music. Amazon, YouTube, Pandora, other other places. Uh, Spotify's share of the streaming market in the old days, two years ago, uh, was uh, was around thirty six percent. But it's now down. I've seen three numbers um, for twenty twenty one. I've seen thirty percent, thirty two percent, thirty three point eight percent. So, what I did is, I uh, I multiplied everything that we're going to talk about here by three uh, to get. Uh, sort of accurate, uh, you know, not accurate, but more accurate streaming numbers across all platforms for these albums. So Scorpions, Taken by Force, times three, gets us to 28,000 units. Um, 
like I say, this record is not certified gold. 28,000 units seems like not a lot that would push a record to gold. We have no idea really how many uh, a, a lot of these records sell. Uh, the, like I say, the one thing we kind of know out there is when something goes gold and all of us, all of us, at least from our generation, I, I've also I've also argued this as well. All of us from our generation, um, one of the main sort of um, uh, success markers is uh, that we talk about in classic rock circles is, is a record gold or platinum or whatever. Now, now today for the young pop crowd, it might be more YouTube views and Spotify streams combined, um, showing uh, you know and and uh, and um, you know. Um, followers right uh same thing on social media um so there are different markers uh, pop perhaps in the past the thing that they were most happy about is how many grammys have i won right i think the rock and roll hall of fame has a certain amount of traction um but again i i think uh at least for a lot of people this idea of gold and platinum means means a lot so um so yeah so let's let's go back to the music for a second so so i i do find it quite surprising and you're going to see a trend here, but I do find it quite surprising that something like the most adjacent album to the Scorpions albums that did all go kind of gold and platinum, um, you know, they Scorpions didn't sell lots and lots and lots of records, but they did have golds and platinums and multi-platinums moving forward. And this is the one adjacent. But the other reason I think that I'm surprised that Taken by Force has not done better is that... Um, you know, they, they granted, they don't play a lot of songs from the old days, but, but they have put songs from the old days into the sets as, as they go on. But again, another reason is people love this record and sales of Sharon. I wanted to play this song, uh, is really counted as, uh, one of the greatest Scorpion songs of all time. When you start going through rankings of, of people picking songs, this song always comes up really high. It's considered their epic masterpiece, classic, their stairway to heaven sort of thing. And it's got other great songs on it as well. He's a woman, she's a man and uh, steam rock fever, big deal. Um, great album, well-recorded, um, not even certified gold, which again is kind of surprising, but again, they're on RCA at this time. RCA is not a band that particularly did a good job with hard rock. Let's not go into the whole thing about the, the contours of what kinds of music are streamed and sold on, on, on physical more than often. I mean, people still say heavy metal is one of the areas where um, physical copies are still sold a lot. But again, it's kind of irrelevant um, with this whole new way of, of calculating uh, all this stuff. All right, let's move on to our second selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Motorhead with Shoot You in the Back. The riders ride into the night All right, so this is Shoot You in the Back, my favorite song from Motorhead Ace of Spades, issued November 8th, 1980. It's gold in the UK, but again, very surprisingly, uh, this album uh, is not certified uh, gold or, of course, even platinum. 
that's redundant to say that, uh, in, in America. So uh, again, this whole episode, 123, is Legendary Albums Not Certified. This is an album everybody loves, everybody knows, uh, you know, the wider pop culture knows who Lemmy is. Of course, dying helps you in that respect as well. Uh, but everybody knows this song. It's a uh, the song, the title track, and this is going to be very important in a second. Um, you know, it's a song you even hear a little bit played on uh, advertisements, right? Uh, there was an ad recently, but even at sports events a little bit. Um, so Ace of Spades has entered the the lexicon the same way as uh, Ramon's Blitzkrieg Bop, for example, has has entered the, you know, it subtly entered the pop culture lexicon. Um, now, uh, reasons why this hasn't gone gold. I mean, Motorhead is a tough sell to anybody. It's not recorded particularly uh, well. They're very dirty with the recordings. Lemmy's got that dirty voice. It's very heavy. It's an uncompromisingly heavy album. Uh, it's a loose power trio kind of band. Um, you know, it's Motorhead's, Motorhead's a pretty tough sell to anybody. But also, um, this is the first album in the States, or that is released in the States, uh, you know, more or less concurrently with... Um, with uh you know with with the release of the album in other markets um motorhead overkill and bomber uh all you know the previous three albums did not come out in the states uh you know as at the same time as they came out in the uk for example so motorhead in terms of being a recording uh situation in the states and frankly much of a touring situation in the states uh, was not that known a quantity it's pretty it's a pretty underground thing but as i say one of the interesting things with a lot of these records is that over time the amount they've been talked about over the years and decades uh you know and it almost feels like a little bit of a frampton comes alive you know it, you know if you lived in the suburbs everybody was issued a copy of frampton comes alive blah 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 that joke um you know ace of spades is kind of the one motorhead album everybody more or less should own now this is pretty interesting so this is actually spoiler spoiler alert the most Spotified plays of any album on this list. And so, so the number of Spotified plays of this album are 316 million. Guess what? 280 million of that is the song Ace of Spades. So the whole rest of it is 36 million, uh, which is pretty, pretty interesting, you know, pretty good anyways. Um, so, 316 million um, Spotified individual song uh, streams uh, divided by 1500 to to make us the sale of one album comes out to 210,666. You're going to hear 666 a lot here. Um, uh, albums sold uh, on Spotify. Now, when you multiply that times three to to take in the fact that Spotify is only 30% of the market share, you get 632,000 album streams which just in that alone is past gold in the states so honestly i think if whoever maria if you're out there hearing this probably not um todd slingerman slingerland uh, todd, you know anybody who's who's still uh, flying the Motorhead cause uh you know maria definitely is you know any there's Motorhead day and all that kind of stuff um but anybody who is flying the Motorhead cause, uh, it, it sounds like if you went to RIAA, you could get this album probably certified platinum. That's what I'm thinking. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. I'd like to hear, uh, I'd like to hear, I, I'd honestly like to see some journalist, myself or somebody else, 
go really investigate this kind of thing thoroughly. Interview people at labels, management, uh, interview RIA and figure out uh, how this all works. But by my calculations, um, Motorhead Ace of Spades uh, is gold on streaming alone. And uh, it's all, all the heavy lifting was done by that song. Now you might say, oh, that's kind of illegitimate. But the fact of the matter is, in an abstract, vague way, if you went back and, uh, and said, um, well, probably not back then, but say 10 years later or 20 years later, uh, why is anybody buying the Motorhead Ace of Spades album? A lot of people would would be buying it because it's got the song Ace of Spades on it. So in, in a way, um, in, a, in a way, this whole thing about uh, having that one song do the he heavy lifting, that one song did the heavy lifting in the old days too. Uh, an album, you know, album sold well and went gold and platinum because that band had a hit single or two. That's that's basically the bottom line. So you could say, well, people buying that album, a lot of them were buying it because of the hit single. All right, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, back again here, History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 123, Legendary Albums Not Certified. Uh, let's take a listen to our second selection, and we shall discuss. This is Rainbow with Starstruck. All right, Rainbow Rising is actually the first album I thought about when I thought of uh, what are all the examples I might talk about as my top five uh, in this. Wow, are we surprised this album is not gold. Um, so Rainbow does not have any certifications at all among their, what is it, one, two, uh, one, two, three, four, uh, plus three, uh, plus kind of a messy late one. Uh, so so eight studio albums, a live album, some compilations in there. Uh, but Rainbow, it, you know, people are always a little bit surprised uh, that Rainbow maybe doesn't have a single certification. Um, and, and again, this is based on the fact that Rainbow Rising is considered one of the greatest heavy metal albums of all time. It's often talked about uh, anytime there's classic rock discussions and rankings and all that kind of stuff. We all love Ronnie James Dio, we all love Richie Blackmore. You know, out of five guys in this band, when you open the gatefold to that record, three of them are now dead. Uh, Jimmy, uh, Ronnie, and uh, Cozy Powell, right? Um, but this has Stargazer on it, uh, Light in the Black, Tarot Woman. This is considered one of the greatest heavy metal albums of all time. Um, but is it an underground album? I mean, I don't know. I, you know, th this was a band that seemed like they should have had more success early on. And then there was the Joe Lynn Turner years. And Joe will tell you himself that, oh, we were the more successful version. It's a little bit like the whole Sammy Hager and, and Van Halen situation. Um, but yeah, Rising issued May 15th, 76. You know, I also almost considered putting in this list Rainbow Long Live Rock and Roll. It's like, why isn't that gold? But again, um, after a while, you know, Rainbow breaks up. It, there, there is a subtle idea or a theory that no one cares to go back and get gold and platinum certifications. The rain, the band is dead. They're not out touring. They're not promoting it. Uh, everybody's moved on to other things. Um, so, you know, ha has anybody 
gone back and tried to look uh, to see if anything's been certified in the year 2001. Uh, has anybody tried it in 2011? Has anybody tried it in 2021? Did anybody try it in 1991? Right? Um, who who has ever gone back and cared to to check on this? Is it a label thing? Is it something to do with uh, again the label not really wanting to tell Richie how many records he sold? Um, is it uh, is it label laziness? Is it label mismanagement? Have they lost? Do they not have the paperwork to be able to 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 ascertain sales properly? All of these things I wonder about uh, why these records aren't certified now. When I did the Spotify thing, um, 40 million individual song streams. Um, so divided by 1,500 per one album sold, you get 26,666 copies uh, so, uh, sold, quote unquote, based on Spotify streams times three to uh, account for Spotify uh, share. You get 80,000 copies of Rainbow Rising uh, that, that potentially arguably could be added to downloads to physical copies over the what is it almost 50 years um that uh that we could be adding up and counting for rainbow rising so there you go uh that that is obviously uh that that fits the uh you know the legendary albums not certified to a t absolutely perfectly you know for this concept that is a super super legendary album and it's not certified Let's play our number four selection and we shall discuss. Take a listen. This is Iron Maiden with Phantom of the Opera. All right, Iron Maiden's first album out April fourth, nineteen eighty. Uh, it did come out in the U.S. Um, you know, I remember my copy was an import copy. It is platinum in Canada uh, and the U.K. and it's gold in Germany. Um, this is a very, very odd thing, and I would love to ask Rod Smallwood about this. Um, I would think Rod, being the great manager that he is, would have loved to have had this specific success marker under his belt and aggressively checked for certification. But Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden as a whole, um, has shockingly low U.S. certifications that everybody I know who ever looks at them is super surprised across the board. Uh, Killers is only gold. Number of the Beast is platinum. Um, we all think these these should be, you know, we all think that album is probably double platinum or higher and most of their certifications should be higher. But the debut album is officially not even certified at all. So it's not even a gold album. Um, now, Rod would tell you, you know, I, I might have asked him somewhat this question over time. I'm trying to think back, but he might say things like, well, Iron Maiden was never a, rain, uh, a radio band. True, they're not a band that that has their songs played on the radio. There's this wall up. Um, they're just considered too purely he heavy metal. Fine. Um but, you know, look at the, the merch they sell. Look at the tickets they sell. I really think they've sold a lot of records. Now, I don't think Rod would be the kind of guy because he's always, he's that kind of manager who always talks really positively about his band. I don't think he's, I'm thinking his voice in my head, has he ever told me personally, um, 
you know, we didn't, we, we surprisingly didn't sell a lot of records. I don't think he has. Um, but I'm really wondering why maiden certifications are not higher. Um, okay. So let's not go too much further into that. Um, this album on Spotify, 99 million, uh, individual streams, uh, that works out to 66,000 copies on Spotify times three equals 198,000 copies. Now gold is 500. Um, this is 200, uh, just, just streams. So you add the downloads, you add the fact that Iron Maiden has been a band that has actually been growing in size since probably about 2003. Um, you add the fact that Iron Maiden fans love physical and they love collecting Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden is a very collectible band. Um, I, I am just absolutely floored and surprised that this album is not certified gold. And I'd like to know the exact reason why. Um, but, um, and again, most of them, I think I, I bet if Maiden went back for, uh, see, this is the other thing that happens with certifications. Um, you tend to see when things get certified, you kind of go for, go for batches of things at a time. So you'll see, for example, ACDC just to, I'm, I'm not sure the year, but uh, somehow 1996 strikes me as a, uh, I, I've noticed this with many bands I've checked up with when I'm writing books, they'll go back uh, and, and check certifications all at one time. And you'll see four or five of their albums from the seventies or eighties suddenly go multi-platinum or gold for the first time or platinum for the first time all on november 1st 1996 or something like that right um just kind of like a random year but that strikes me as like maybe this hasn't been done for a long time um but yeah i would really like to know but i but i hear but again perfect example of an absolutely legendary album this was a great album they still play lots of songs off it live all the time so it's it's had the the heck promoted out of it forever um there was no, there's no change in management in the band ever. There's no change in label, you know, in, in a material way. Uh, you know, th this is, this is still, this is still, um, you know, the kind of thing that can be counted and should be counted yet isn't. So with Maiden, it's kind of baffling to me. It doesn't seem like a situation where there's any corruption. Um, you know, Rod and the band get along. They're all part of the same team. Uh, there's not a lot of drama in terms of the business running of Maiden. So, so I am truly baffled why uh, Maiden's numbers are not higher. All right, let's move on to our last example. Take a listen to this. This is Judas Priest with The Ripper. You're in for a shot. In London town streets When there's darkness and fun When you least expect me And you turn your back I'll attempt All right, so this is probably the most legendary album on this list of five that has not been certified. Um, again, uh, now we've got a situation where there's that whole um, not happy break with Gull Records. Uh, so Gull has Rockerola, Gull has Sad Wings of Destiny. Um, you know, they they reissued this stuff as Hero Hero, the best of Judas Priest, different album covers. Um, so the the guys who have uh, signed the band originally to the label and management have steadfastly not, you know, particularly in any profound way, given that music back to Priest. Um, so one wonders again, uh, this seems like a situation, I don't know why, but 
it seems like a situation where the band would want to go back and check if Sad Wings of Destiny is certified or not. Um, but maybe the label and maybe management is reticent to release those numbers, get it checked into, get it researched, and get it done for financial reasons. Let's just leave it at that. So I don't really know. Uh, but to me... Again, this is an album that uh, the band has always played lots of songs off of it live. Um, it's a it's an album that had uh, was severe, you know, quite promoted through the Unleashed in the East uh, live album, which is certified as well, which I believe is platinum, uh, which is actually high. You know, that surprises me how high that is. See, some of Priest certifications sound. I, I'm surprised and pleasantly pleased that they are so high. So there's a difference between changing management and changing more materially changing the record label over to CBS. Um, so it seems like CBS is perfectly happy to go back and and get all this stuff sorted out and and show the band, hey, you've got gold and multi-platinum albums, but Gull, not so much. Pot, one theory anyways. Um, but yeah, so there you go. There's our five. And uh, of these five, um, you know, really all of them, but but the weakest was the first one, but but certainly the last three, Rainbow Rising, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, and Judas Priest, Sad Wings of Destiny are absolutely legendary classic rock, hard rock, heavy metal albums, um, and they are not certified, which is very surprising to me. So, um, you know what? This has been a long episode. I'm not going to go into, there, there could be even more to talk about with this, um, but I'll just, I'll just rattle off a few honorable mentions. I'm not going to go into the modern days, this fragmentation talk that I was going to give about how there are important albums. Well, I'll tell you a little bit. So At the Gates, Entombed, big black metal albums, um, Venom, uh, you know, Morbid Angel's first album. There are so many albums from later in the years that are massive, important cornerstones of the heavy metal story. But by this time, there are so many bands out there and so many albums that sales are expected to be low and it's, and there are underground subgenres. So you don't really expect these records to be selling 500,000. I'm just going to leave it at that for now. Um, although it's amazing to me that chaos AD and roots from sepulcher are both gold. That, that is incredible. Um, you know, we probably thank Monty Connor for, uh, for some of that. Um, now, Honorable mentions. Uh, I'm going to go through this quick because, again, this has been a long episode. Thin Lizzy, Bad Reputation, Jailbreak is their only certified album. Um, you know, you could pick any of the later Thin Lizzy's. UFO doesn't have a single one. You could pick maybe their most popular Lights Out. Nazareth, Razamanaz, or Loud and Proud, Saxon Power and the Glory, Denim and Leather, The Tubes, Completion Backwards Principle. I was always surprised about that. Ramones only have Ramones Mania, which is a comp and the debut certified. So anything else? Um, I don't know, Alcatraz, Angel, Riot, Fire Down Under, maybe, Twisted Sister, Under the Blade, perhaps. Um, yes, Drama, I thought was an interesting, um, you know, situation. Maybe that one could have been. Um, Cheap Trick, uh, it's been suggested. I can't remember who I've been talking to ab about this episode, but I get, again, most of this was, um, you know... I came up with this idea, I suppose, and, and all of these examples. I've talked to Tim Derling, actually. Um, we, we had a bit of a back and forth about it, and he suggested some of these. Um, actually, I've got some more that he suggested, but most of these I, I sort of, this whole episode and all these examples I kind of thought up on my own, so I'm, I'm not, um, sorry if I'm not giving credit to some people I've talked a little bit about this about, but yes, drama, cheap trick. You know, Cheap Trick, all, you know, all the following ones are, were were certified, uh, a bunch of them, but the debut is not certified. I thought maybe that's 
slightly one that could have been. Uh, Tim had suggested things like Y and T. You know, I thought of that one again, you know, Black Tiger or Mean Streak, something like that. Doc and Breaking the Chains, he suggested Night Ranger, Dawn Patrol, Joe Perry Project, Let the Music Do the Talk. I'm not really agreeing with a lot of these. Um, Freelease Comet, April Wine, First Glance, he brought up. ZZ Top, later ones like Rhythmine, which I like so much. He mentioned the first two Honeymoon Suite albums. So I don't know. I, I'm not really agreeing with Tim on those. David Bowie is a whole nother crazy mess. Let's not go into that. Um, so let's leave it at that. Um, wow, this has been a long episode. Um, if you liked this show and want to support future episodes, um, please do the Kofi thing um, over at Kofi.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button, buy me a pint or a, or a coffee uh, on that front this week. Um, who uh, the, the, the faithful who have stepped up are uh, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Rodrigo Caros as Piri, Joe Beck at Bel Air Expediting, Bruce Campbell, Kevin Donaldson, David Fisher, Michael Gendelman, uh, Roche Gale, Dennis Lawson, Luca Matuzic, uh, Neil Miller, Augustine Garcia, Deprides and Steve Polari. Thank you all very much. And of course, martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. Just in yesterday was uh, a reprint, a only 100 copies of the Van Halen Unchained book, which has been a very successful book of mine. Um, and I have reprinted it a few times, but um, yes, that's been out of print for a while and just got a few more in. Uh, I'm still waiting on the um, the long-awaited reprint of the Max Webster and the Flaming Telepaths, which has been uh, a big hit. And I've got a lot of outstanding orders I got to ship as soon as that comes in. But I got 100 each of those two books uh, coming in about two weeks. And, uh, and I recently got the Nazareth visual biography. I've still got the Uri Heat visual biography. The yes are all gone now. Um, but, uh, and I've still got some of the Merciful Fate from the reprint. Uh, I think I've got about 40 of those left. So martinpopoff.com for all that. I sign and send them all out from the office. Wow. Thanks again. I, I think this is officially the longest episode and I left out a lot of stuff, i.e. Um, going through the Facebook about the last episode, um, you know, with the uh, the best new wave of British heavy metal bands uh, in operation now. I'll just say something real quick about that. Um, Satan was brought up. People are were happy. I mentioned Cloven Hoof. Uh, people, uh, Kevin Donaldson went in and played uh, Angel Witch uh, and was pleasantly surprised and pleased. Uh, Girl School, I forgot Girl School. They're another good one in that respect. Uh, let's leave it at that. I think we're going to have a lot more to talk about on this gold and platinum stuff uh, moving forward. I find it very intriguing. I hope you do too. See you later. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR. Archaeology. Tweet us at R and R Archaeology.